thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all of its resources for free. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Rodney here with The Ville Church. How was your week? How did things go? Hey, for me, um, I think I'll have a kidney stone. It gave me a lot of pain, pretty much put me out like I couldn't really move for an intense period of time. Supposedly, maybe it's passing. I'll be seeing a doctor soon. It went from the back to the front. It's just been an been a, uh, eye-opener how so many things that can happen and how delicate we are as people, right? And our lives is really not in our hands. It's in God's hands. But maybe your, your week was great. Maybe you were challenged this week. Maybe you've had a lot going on. Um, whatever it is, I just want to encourage you right now. And I pray that God will minister to us, that we'd be able to take a pause and allow what he's designed to come together as a family, that he would show up in this family this morning as we're together with one another and for him to be able to minister to us and let us know that he loves us. Um, so let me pray for us for this morning and pray for our, the message that God has. We want God's word to speak to us. We want it to say what it means. So let us see if we can dive in and hear what God has to say. Father, I just pray this morning that all my friends and family, all those that are tuning in for the first time, that they would know that they were loved by you, that you care even how their, their week went, and that it matters to you in what they're going through right now, and that you're presently involved. And as we've said before in the, in the previous sermons, that you are in control of all things, and that you're the only one that will get your way to make it out for our good and for your glory. That you would never sacrifice our good for your glory. You would never sacrifice your glory for our good, but that they go hand in hand. You're the only one that's sovereign and all-powerful to make these things come about. And so even whatever pain I've had and what's going to happen there, you're working that out for your glory. I pray, God, that this morning as we stop to be with you in your word, as you say that you are the good shepherd, and that's the title of this sermon, God, that you would bless my words, that you would allow me to speak it freely, and God, that you would bring out of this word what you have to say and minister to all of us together as a, as a family in a community. I pray for this now. I pray for all that are hearing it, and myself, in Jesus' name, amen. So the title is, I am the good shepherd. Now, in the Old Testament, there are scriptures that refer to the Lord as being the shepherd. And I want to go ahead and just read a couple of those before we get into our set of verses. We'll be in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. We'll probably go through most of it, um, and maybe I'll have a part two of this. But for now, let's look at Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That is in the New Living Translation. That's a very famous verse. It's a very comforting verse, a great verse to meditate on anytime. But it says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I have all that I need. Jeremiah 31, verse 10, also says this Listen to this message from the Lord, you nations of the world. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. The Lord, who scattered his people, will gather them and watch over them, as a shepherd does his flock. In this time, and uh, there was people that were very used to, in this culture, 
watching a shepherd take care of his flock of sheep. And that's what the Lord refers to us as his sheep. He even refers to Jesus being the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for the sheep. As a matter of fact, the title of the sermon is found in chapter 10 of John, verse 11. And it reads like this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Then Jesus repeats it again and says in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. So a little bit of insight right there of what a good shepherd is. It's one that lays down his life and it's also one that knows his sheep and the sheep know him and follow him. Let's get into it. Chapter 10 of John verse 1. Reads like this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. We'll go on to verse 2 as well. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And then verse 3 says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So right here, Jesus begins to speak, and he says this out of his mouth, starting with, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold. In this time, people would understand what that meant. See, during that time, when a shepherd wanted to go ahead and rest his sheep for the night, or put them up in an area, maybe within a community, where he would go in for the night somewhere, they would put them in a fenced area, a corralled area. And there'd be a gatekeeper making sure that no one would enter and disturb the sheep. So within this fenced area, Jesus is saying, look, anyone that is going to go over the fence and try to take sheep out is a robber, is a thief. Or if not, it must be a predator like a wolf. But the one that owns the sheep, the one that's the shepherd of the sheep, would go straight to the gatekeeper. And he would say, I need my sheep. He would go, the gatekeeper would say, yes, I see I remember you from yesterday or last night or whenever it was, come in and get your sheep. And the gatekeeper opens a gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So again, it would go back to the, to the owner of the sheep. Now, the only ones who would avoid the gatekeeper would be the ones that were a thief or a predator, as I mentioned before. This is how you know that someone is true and someone is false when it comes to being, uh, when it comes to true and false teaching or true and false um, ways of, of gathering sheep. They have to go through the shepherd, right? And who is the shepherd? Well, we know this. Jesus says that Jesus is not just the shepherd, but he's also the gate. Later on, we'll see that in scripture. Jesus says that he himself is the gate. In other words, they must go through Jesus. This is, again, history in the making. Because we have, in this time that's listening, the crowd and the, and the audience here are multiple different types of people. It's, it's a crowd. Uh, there's those that were Pharisees that were taught up and brought up in the law, in the Old Testament, that were starting to believe in Jesus. And then there were those that were against him. And they were afraid of maybe losing power or control and they're seeing that more and more people were believing Jesus this was again prophecy being fulfilled where Jesus I mean where God had 
went ahead and made a promise all the way from the beginning of time that when Adam had taken of the fruit and had sinned, he would, out of Eve's seed, save his people, right? He would gather his sheep um, from sin. And again, these religious leaders this whole time have been uh, basically not believing that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the shepherd, that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And Jesus is speaking to them as it says in scripture, he would speak to them. And of course, what did they do? Not all of them, but most of them rejected him. So that's what's happening here. So how do we know who are his sheep? Uh, the gatekeeper opens a gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So not just anyone can go through the gatekeeper. Only the shepherd that owns the sheep. Now, if we look a little closer here, he calls them by name. That's very important. Now, I have an odd question to ask. Let me ask this question. How in the world would the shepherd be able to remember all of the names of the sheep? How would he remember your name, my name? Well, I found a verse that I think is very peculiar, and it's in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. I'm not saying this is the exact answer, but it does say this. 49.16 of Isaiah says, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. If you've come to believe the gospel, your name is written on the palm of God's hand, and there is no one and nothing that can remove your name from the palm of his hand. That is so awesome and so encouraging, so comforting for us to hear and to know that our names are written on God's palm of his hand. Imagine that. How big is God's palm? I think it's large enough to cover every single person. If he can know how many stars are in the air, in the universe, he also knows your name and my name. Now, who writes that name? God does. God writes that name, not us. Then he calls for his sheep and the sheep follow him. But look closely here, it says he calls his own sheep. So he just doesn't call his sheep, but he calls his own sheep. He doesn't call all sheep, only those that are his. So in the fenced area, there could be multiple flocks of sheep, multiple herds. But Jesus calls his own sheep, making a distinction that not all, but some would come to follow him, those that are of his own. So when does God choose who are his sheep? I think that's important. When does he choose it? When does he choose to say, hey, these are my sheep? Well, we find this in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Ephesians 1, 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. See, before the heavens were made, before the world was made, the Bible says here, God chose you before he made the world. This is called predestined or predetermined. So God is not trying to figure out as he goes along the way in this life what he's trying to do. He is an all-knowing and all-powerful. In other words, he knows everything that is in eternity future. He knows everything uh, before it's going to happen. 
He knows what's going to happen, and he's also in control of that. He's all-powerful and all-knowing. In other words, he knows exactly what to do, how to do it, and he has the power to bring it about. So therefore, he says, when I chose you as my sheep, I chose you before I even laid out the foundation of the world. Why is that important and I bring that out? Is because, again, he's speaking to these Pharisees that have been lining up and adding all these works, all these things that people need to do to be able to be accepted, to be able to be one of the sheep, right? And here's Jesus coming and saying, you missed it. See, all the laws of the Old Testament, all the things that God says to do and not do are supposed to point us to someone that could, that the only one that could do it for us, which is Jesus. Jesus lived and fulfilled every single requirement of God the Father. And he had chosen before the foundations of the world. He already predetermined and predestined saying that I will choose them. They will come to believe in me. By giving them a new heart, they will turn from not believing to believing. They will now no longer not hear my voice, but when I call them, I will even call them by name. So again, it's not something that the Pharisees or you or me could do. In other words, trying to be good enough, trying to um, say the right things, believe uh, uh, help the help so many people do good, turn from bad in order for God to say, well, maybe you make the list where I can write you on the palm of my hand, but rather before you even live, before the world was even established, I chose you. And this brings us great comfort because what it tells us is it tells us that we ourselves would never be able to earn it and that we don't earn it. So therefore, just as God has chosen us to be his sheep, he's also going to keep us in his sheepfold the rest of our lives. It's not something that we do on our own. It's not something that we make happen. Why? Because it was predetermined. And again, going back to you, if God is all-powerful and he's all-knowing, he's the only one that can make that happen. He will allow and, and use situations and circumstances and things that are bad for your good to keep you in the sheepfold, to bring you to the sheepfold, even to bring you to know him and believe in him. I know that's many of people's stories right? He'll even use the good things in life. He will show you and, and, and help you see that in life he's been there. And the reason why so many good things have happened and that you've experienced is because of his grace and his love. And it all, all automatically starts to show how bright he shines and how beautiful God is. So we find that he pre-chose this and that's all by grace. Now, how do we know that we are his sheep? And how do we know when sheep are Jesus' sheep? It is by them following Jesus. Chapter 10, verse 4 says, After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. See, the shepherds would spend so much time with the sheep that they begin to recognize what the voice and the tone of the shepherd. So how do we know the voice of the shepherd? How do we know the voice of the true shepherd? Where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. It is through God's holy word. His holy word. 
See, how do we know it's God's holy word? Because even Jesus said that the words that he speaks are not his words, but they are for the Father himself. In John chapter 12, verse 49, it says it like this. For I have not spoken from my own authority, but the Father himself who sent me has commanded me what I should say and what I should speak. So even Jesus said, hey, the words that come out of my mouth, they're not just coming from me, they're coming from what's been given to me from my Father. So the word that Jesus speaks, the word that God has written, by the word that God created the heavens and the earth, by the word that's been passed from passed to us, is God's holy, perfect, inerrant word. And that's how we know the shepherd's voice. That's how we know we're following the true shepherd is, and we know his voice, we hear it through his word. His word speaks to us. His word tells us doesn't just leave us on our own to figure it out. Now, what's real important is for us to let the scripture speak to us what it means. It's important that as we're in the word, we're not trying to make it say what we want it to say, or we're not trying to um, twist it to make it make us feel something, but that we allow the scripture to speak to us from what it originally means. And that's a job of every single one of us that opens a scripture to find out what is it meaning to say. So God's word is the voice of the shepherd. Anything else is another voice. Anyone that wants to speak something else that isn't contrary to the word is another voice. I take comfort in that because, again, God safeguards us under the voice of the shepherd, under the word of God. Now, as we hear the word, as we hear the word, as we're in the word, as we allow it to speak to us what it means, we begin to hear, we begin to get used to the shepherd's voice. Chapter 10, verse 5, as we go forward, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So right here, God's sheep will run from those who don't speak from God's word, right? There are voices that speak lies to us all the time in our culture, in our society, and just from the world, from the flesh, from the enemy, there's lies that are spoken to us. A big one is, hey, we got to be good enough somehow. We've got to, you know, be a good person. We've got to, you know, uh, do certain things and accomplish certain things in order for us to have value and significance. When right here through this passage and through Ephesians 1, 4, I shared that God chose you before the foundation of the world, that by grace, not by you doing something to earn it. Because then as soon as you say that I need to earn being accepted and loved by God, it's no longer grace, it's a work. And you can buy God off and it puts this heavy load. And that's what mostly we have a natural tendency to do is to put this heavy load in ourselves. We think that because we're not doing good, God won't bless us. Or because we're doing good, God will bless us. Another way of saying it is because we're doing something good, God loves us more. And because we're doing something bad, God loves us less. But that's the opposite. That's not the truth. The truth is, is that God loves us despite what we do good or what we do bad. Because again, he chose us to be a sheep before the foundation of the world. 
These voices speak to us other things, right? They'll speak to us that by obtaining certain possessions, right? Um, maybe for some of us, it's being with a certain person, having a certain relationship, maybe a certain type of person. Uh, our culture is focused on the outside, you know, certain body types or body shapes, you know, um, maybe certain popularity, certain styles. If we have this, if we're like this, then we're loved and then we're accepted. I know it's definitely an epidemic when it comes to social media and, and, and young people that are from the age maybe 12 to 15 and, and even older. But in that specific range, it's gotten so bad that there are some that have actually even taken their lives just because they were didn't get enough likes or they lost access to social media or maybe someone canceled them out. I mean, there's a lot that goes on with these voices that speak to us. And it's so important that we're able to hear the voice of our shepherd, letting us know that we are safe and loved and accepted because of what he's done for us and that it's unconditional. It's mere grace. We're not having to keep it up. We're not having to have enough attention or acceptance by anyone in order for us to have that. We have his acceptance, his love, and therefore we can go ahead and love others from that place. Chapter 10, verse six, six says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. And it is hard to understand when you just first read it for what it is. But verse 10 says, so we explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So here we find, and he's speaking again, this is historical. This is a, a time and place where, where is God? Where has God been? What has he been doing for 400 years? There's a period of time where basically there was no king, no prophet. No one rose up to be able to lead and care for God's people. And now God sends the shepherd. The one that all scripture has been pointing to from the book of Genesis, from the beginning of the first man until now, all the prophets, all the, the, the scripture has been pointing towards this good shepherd. And now he's there right before them. But what's crazy is they got upset and they actually wanted to kill him after he said this. The one that they've been looking for this whole time, but yet it goes to show you that it's not by how much you have been in a certain uh, upbringing of doing and religion, but it's by God's grace to open your eyes. The key here, he says, is, did they hear his voice? Did they listen to him? There's no way they could listen to him until God would reveal that to them, would allow that. If you're hearing God today, it's because you're his sheep. If you're following Jesus today, you have that desire, you have that uh, conviction of whenever you sin, it means something to you. You have the desire to, to follow him, to want what he wants, to despise what he despises, right? You have that, that love in you that says, I want to love God and I want to love others. 
you've heard his voice call you and you've been following him for this time. You're, his, you're in his sheepfold. But we, and we find here, he says, and all who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. See, there was a amount of people that God has put aside that he said they won't listen to the thieves and the robbers, but they will listen to Jesus. And that's why there was a crowd that was growing, a, uh, not a crowd, but disciples were growing. As a matter of fact, when Jesus ascended into heaven, it set up to 100,000 people within just maybe, I don't know, a few years or maybe within a year came to Christ. I mean, the first sermon that Jesus preached, I mean, Peter preached, I'm sorry, was 3,000 men, not including women and children, came and believed. Because again, God had allowed them and he had pointed them to the shepherd. They heard the voice of the shepherd and he's speaking them to these Pharisees so they could hear. But again, just you see that they turn and they don't follow him. And he says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. This is where Jesus points to himself as the gate. So he's not just the shepherd, but he's also the way to get in to the green pasture to become one of his sheep. You got to go through the gate. That's where Jesus says in, in the word, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is the gate. And this irked those because they wanted to be about merit. They wanted to be about how many laws I'm going to keep, how many things I'm going to abstain from in order for me to be considered one of the ones that are accepted and belong to this holy God. When they think somehow they could achieve it by what they do. And Jesus says, it's not by something you do. It's by a person that's me. I am the gatekeeper. But I want to point us to what he says in the last part of that, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. He says, I am the good shepherd, right? And as a good shepherd, he's going to lead his people into good pastures. Good pastures meaning places where they're able to rest and be nourished and have an abundance of life. What is that? That is Christ himself. We rest in Christ. He is life abundant. He is our green pasture. He is the, the, the shepherd. He is the gatekeeper. And he is our place of rest. He leads us to that place which is in his arms, which is in his presence, which is in his perfect plan for our life, the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption. Verse 10, it's opposite. It says that these purpose is to still kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. And verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So we find here that the way to God is a person, Jesus. It's a shepherd that willingly gave his life. He didn't risk his life. He gave it willingly. He laid it down so the sheep could come and walk through him, his life being laid down for our sins. For every sheep that did something wrong, he laid down his life. So that they may be able to come and go into the presence of God and be there full of what he has, which is satisfying life. 
it is satisfying life. It's not what we have. It's not what we do. It's not what we can't do. It's not what we could do. He is satisfying life because he's a good shepherd. I love how he says in John chapter 17, it's a high priestly prayer. Jesus prays. He says to the Father, I have not lost any one of them. He does not lose his sheep. He takes care of his sheep. And right now we're in a time in this world that it's easy to get distracted, to get discouraged, right? To, to, to be able to um, question so many things and allow these questions to deter us from the voice of God, right? It's okay to question. It's good to get answers, you know, but there's so much going on and it wants to distract us. And sometimes we may feel like, man, am I really going to make it? Am I really going to be okay? Am I going to be safe? Right? Will I stay with Jesus? Well, guess what? He's a good shepherd. If he lay down his life for you, he's called you by your name. Your name's written on the palm of his hands. That means that he's going to take care of you. And he's not going to lose any of you. He's not going to lose me. Why? Because he's the shepherd. See, our, the way we came to Christ was by grace. Meaning, again, that he chose us beforehand. But the way we stay with the shepherd is by grace as well. It's by the grace that he gives us to live every day underneath his protection, underneath in his herd, in his flock. He supplies what we need, not we make it happen for ourselves. And then he keeps us safe by grace, not something because we deserve it. It's not now, okay, I came to God. I'm with him now. Now I deserve to be saved. Now I deserve to stay with him. Now I'm doing something good, so I belong here now. No, you belong there before the foundations of the world. Why? Because it was by grace, nothing you worked for. It was his choosing, his doing. So our life, as we grow in Christ, as we become more like him, as we stay with him within the flock, as he keeps us safe, it's all by grace. There's nothing you can do to be able to get out of the grace of God. There's nothing you can do bad that would cause him to remove you from the sheep if you belong to him. Because why? His forgiveness, his love, his acceptance is unconditional. It's based on what he's already done. It's based on a choice he already made. So I pray that this encourages you, that through all the different voices that are speaking out there, through all the different things that are happening and, and everything that's going on, to know that we have a good shepherd and that he's not going to lose any one of us and that he's going to take care of us and that he's going to protect us and that he knows us by name and that he cares for us. I hope this blesses you. I hope this encourages you. I hope you share this with somebody, that there is a good shepherd that's out there that is calling his sheep by their name. Would you respond today if you know that he's calling you and you never believed that, you never knew that, you never accepted that. But for some reason right now, you're like, yes, God is calling me to follow him, to love him, to live for him. And that won't make me saved. That won't make me accepted. I'm already accepted because he already died for me for all my sins. I want to pray for you and pray for us now. Father, I pray that everyone would be able to hear and understand and know that we are your sheep and that you're taking care of us. In every situation that we're going through right now, right? Whether we're faced with a sickness, whether we're faced with 
you know, financial situation, whether we're faced with um, problems in marriage or we're faced, we're faced with problem with our children or, or our jobs or, or conflict. Father, whatever it is that we're going through that may seem like, man, what's going on here? That we know that we're your sheep. That all the good things that happen, all the blessings we'd be able to see that comes from you, God. And it's because you're a good God that cares to bless us in the good, with the good, and also with what we struggle with. I pray for that, Father. I pray that there be healing where there's sickness. I pray that there be encouragement where there's discouragement. And I pray that we would be able to hear in the scriptures as we gather through our, our reading plan, through us being in the scripture, what you have to say, not what we want you to say, but what you have to say to us. And we continue to get used to your voice so we can always be turning from those other voices that only want to take us away from the sheepfold but lack the power thereof. I thank you, Lord, for securing our salvation and bringing us to your sheepfold and being our shepherd where no one can take us away from that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Hopefully this was encouraging. See you soon.